two things I'm debating. One, I have sushi in my Uber cart and I have Starbucks in my Uber cart. And I'm like, my vote. I tabs. I, I know I was I wanted Starbucks, but Kaya must have seen the Starbucks commercial because now she keeps saying Starbucks hot tea. B, I knew there was potential in that kid. What? <laughs> Hi, Jamie Ramos. How was dinner? How, did you sneak any of those potatoes yet? I I took a bite while we were at the restaurant before I put them in the box, but I'm glad to hear that at least. I swear he just ordered them to spite me. I was like, you don't like mashed potatoes. Like he's never liked the texture of mashed potatoes. He's eaten them like once in his life. And he asked Seriously. for a cheeseburger. The kid's never eaten a cheeseburger. Did he eat I'm it? like, no, let's get the mac and cheese. And he's like, oh yeah, mac and cheese. Yeah. You're like, I, you're not going to eat. Don't you love paying $6 for craft mac and yes. cheese at the restaurant? Yes. <laughs> All right, I need you guys to be quiet though. because Oh my God, if that's you talking about us. It's a kidney show. Be quiet, guys. Yeah. Don't talk. I'm trying to concentrate on the question, okay? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with No Reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty tart and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello, and thank you for taking a seat at the table. This is part one of our Q&A. It's been a little while since we did a Q&A, so we thought it'd be fun to do one over the summer here. And tonight at the table, I have Kimberly McIsaac. Hello. Tabitha Cabrera. Hello. Rachel Flanagan. Hey, everybody. Jen Dunn. Hello. And I am Jamie Ramos. So we had people send us questions on Facebook and Instagram. So I'm just going to throw some out there. <laughs> First is from Jackie Folks. And it is, what is the absolute best thing you have all gained by coming together? Rach, you want to go first? I have to say, like, the thing that's changed the most, the thing that's changed me the most, the thing that has had the biggest impact is that having you four makes the parts of my life that make me so atypical to everybody else, so typical among us, that it's just amazing how much I feel like I've been capable of seeing in myself and how much I've been able to go through knowing that this is all right. And my friends understand this and I've got like these women in my corner, I've had you guys at doctor appointments. I mean, it's like a serious thing for me that I, I've become stronger because I've been held up by you guys. And I, I just think it's so cool that what used to make me so isolated makes me one of five, like shoulder to shoulder. It's cool. Mm. What about you, Tabs? <laughs> yeah, I think the support, like you guys, when we met, it was the beginning stages of our journey pretty much when do we start podcasting april of 21 right nixon was diagnosed january 20 and nora was diagnosed december 20 even before we started podcasting like you guys were there through her diagnosis and like i've learned so much from every one of you about my kids and tools and resources but really it's like the support is something I have relationships, but like what Rachel was saying is like, you can't explain everything about our lives. Like I don't have to go through the nitty gritty details of like safety or food problems or sleep issues or any of that, because you guys have been there in the dark of the night, you know, up with your kids or, you know, struggling to have them eat or whatever the case may be. It truly has been life-changing for me. I'm so grateful for every one of you. Ugh. Dang it with this first question, but I, I mean, seriously life-changing for me. 
Big hugs. Yeah. Love you, cats. No. What about you, Kimmy? I mean, I think I feel like it'll be the same for all of us. I think it's like the friendship. Obviously, we like doing the podcast. I love doing the podcast and offering support to, you know, potentially people that may not have it. But it's the support that we get from each other, you know, and it's like Tabitha said, like, you don't have to say, oh, but I love my daughter. You know, like you you guys already know. You guys already know. And you understand when something is just like really emotional. There's like just this understanding that you just don't get ordinarily you know people that aren't living this life really just can't fully fully understand it and the same thing with when something great happens like you know even things that are like seemingly minor um there's understanding on how huge that is and like how much that means and Alyssa's got like four more cheerleaders (laughs) you know every time she does something and that just means a lot because as much as of course like my family and co-workers whatever when I tell them things of course they're you know oh that's great like they're happy but like they don't really understand the significance of like some of these small but big things that happen and I think that's just the best thing about it what about you Jen I think I'm gonna say the same thing everyone has said you know first and foremost the friendship you know that we've all formed Uh, you know we always joke if we survived our colors of our podcast and naming it we are solid at this table (laughs) you know and I I love my friends so when I say this this is no diss on anyone but it's like everyone has said you know the highs are so high and the lows are so low and very few people understand that level of our lives and so to be able to walk this path with you four women is really just an honor and I love you all so much and just you know it's having that that true support system because our lives are different and so for people that that don't live this day to day it's very hard to explain even just those minor things you know so I'm just so thankful and we're we're five people who I think our cross our paths would have never crossed you know um, probably a very unlikely friendship never these people <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah there's, there's so, there's, <laughs> you know it's not people that we probably would have gravitated towards ordinarily which I think gives our friendship a lot of dimension because we don't necessarily all have the same opinion all come from the same walk of life like there's a lot of differences between us but then also we're bonded by those similarities so um, and the love we yeah. have for each other's children yes mm-hmm. yeah that too is uh, what about you James I was joking with you guys earlier this week that there's like a play coming to town that I want to go to and my sister can't go with me. And I was like, I have no friends. Like it's a sad <laughs> reality that I'm like texting my cousin who I do adore. I love my cousin, but I'm like, I don't have any like friends, but that is a really nice thing for me is like having friendship because I think for me just in general, the way my life situation will work out, I got like married before a lot of friends in my college friend group. And then a lot of my friends were guys and then I had a kid who ended up having special needs. And so I kind of just people kind of fell on my life and it's been nice to have friends. And then the, the friends I do keep in touch with from high school and things like that, I love talking to them and stuff, but you guys were all saying, it's just like on a different level where I can just like say something to you guys. And I don't have to explain every little thing for you to get, not even in the autism realm, I think like in like anxiety or things like that, mm-hmm. like I can just say something and you guys, you know, I they always get random little messages from me like I have to go do this and I'm really anxious about it and blah blah and then they just <laughs> laugh at me or whatever but it's nice to have like someone to vent that stuff to besides my husband who's like okay it'll get over it lady so I love you guys anyway <laughs> 
my husband's great, but you know, I still need one of those. <laughs> Jamie, I love when you fight with Isaac because recently you, I don't think this is on the podcast. I think it was just a friendship story, but you said, um, I have to bring this car to the, the dang like tire shop or whatever. And then it was like this baloney back and forth and you go, fine, I'll do it. But if he says I need anything else, I'm going to say, do it up. Do it up, charge it up, put it on the card. <laughs> put it on the card. <laughs> I was with my husband because we needed brakes. My husband's like, well, you might, he's like, you can go take it. I hate doing that stuff. I don't know what I'm talking about. And everyone's like, you don't have to know what you're talking about. The people always take advantage of me. I'm like, if the guy says that I have to buy golden brakes, I'll say, okay, sir, put it on the card. <laughs> don't care. You're not going to do it. I'm going to let them do whatever they want. New shocks, new everything. I don't even know. New filter. Yep. Looks yes. dirty. Replace that. New too. car. Okay, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a gold plate? <laughs> Do you have gold plated brakes? All right. This next one is from uh, Chelsea. And she said, what's something you wish you could tell your 10-year-old self? I feel like I've answered this before. And mine would be invest in Amazon. Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Tabs? So much advice. <laughs> the, the first one would be don't take everything so seriously in your life. You don't have to be where you're going to be when you're 20 years old, first of all, give yourself time to figure it out. I mean, I was kind of off the rails in my twenties, but <laughs> I felt like I should be further along than I was. And I still feel that way. So it's like, like, don't take everything so seriously. You'll get where you need to be. Life will veer you in the direction that you're going to go because you can prepare for whatever under the sun and then something happens and your life completely changes in that minute, you know? So I would definitely say that. I would also say brace yourself because it's going to be a long ride. It's going to be a lot of hard work. It's going to be a lot of pain you have to walk through and also like a full, beautiful tons of experiences. So, I mean, all of that comes together as a package and you're strong as... What about you, Jen? Mine's not quite as spiritual as Tabitha's. I was going to say to, to eat the pizza. Yes. <laughs> and to do, life is short, actually. It goes by very quickly. And to move things along and, and not be held back on things. I don't know. I think that's really what I would say. So. What about you, Kimmy? I mean, I don't think my 10-year-old self would listen to any of, that, any of this stuff. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I don't really have any advice for my 10 year old self I I was very awkward I was just like riding bikes and doing my thing so I don't have advice maybe my teenage self I might have some tips for her but I think I was like I think I was doing good at 10 I was like I was she was on the right path at 10 I don't want to like I wouldn't want to traumatize myself there's, there's enough trauma I don't have to add any extra <laughs> what about you Richie I feel like at 10 I probably wasn't really in my Richie power yet you know like I am adopted and my family is like off the boat Norwegian blonde hair blue eyes like I am not like I just look like a dark eyes dark hair whatever I didn't care that I was different from my like my family but I noticed at that point and I feel like I, I wish I had been like just had more conviction about myself younger I see Seely Flanagan you know like it makes me smile like so big I can barely speak but <laughs> oh god 
with Celie Flanagan just emotes Celie Flanagan. Like she oozes, she like she is so big and so sure of just what the heck she's doing. It, it's incredible. So I mean, I wish I knew a little bit more of that. A little Celie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it could happen so young. And then she was like born with that. Mm. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> Came out Hellcat. I yeah. think for me, like if people watch, have ever watched the show Shit's Creek, I always think this is something I still need to this day, but even my 10 year old self over anxious could also not sleep at night. Cause I was worried about every little thing in life, a lot of weird religious worries and guilt and pressure put on me. I feel like when I was 10 years old, but there's this episode where the, one of the characters, David is going to get his driver's test and his sister's like, nobody cares, David. And it's yeah. something she says throughout the series, but it's like yeah. actually a really sweet point where she explains, she's like, no, literally no one cares. Like stop over thinking about everything. And then like, he takes the driver's test and he realizes like the guy giving his driver's test could care less. Like, he's like, oh, nobody cares. Like, just go for it. And I think like, that would be my thing. Like, it's not a big deal. Like whatever you're worried about, it's not a big, big deal. Nobody cares. <laughs> so like, I just told myself that. That's so much more gentle because I always think to myself, nobody cares that much about you, Rachel. Like I, I take it a little about further you. into self, self-deprecation. self <laughs> like, finish the sentence, finish the sentence. <laughs> she twists it. <laughs> this one was directed more tabs, but we can all answer it. This is from Natalie. And she would like to know more about like weekly schedules, therapies for our kids. How does work fit into that? And then husband's or partner's ability to share that load. What changes we've made to fit into this life kind of career-wise or whatever. So Tabs, why don't you go first? <laughs> yeah, so I would say like it's been a step-down process for me uh, in my career. When Nixon was born, I ran a, my own practice. I had a two-person law practice with a partner and it was really hard to hustle business and be a practicing attorney and have a baby. For the first eight months, Nixon was... Uh, also, he was a preemie. I went to br- back to work way too early. I think I was in the hospital for 10 days. He was in the hospital for like 20 some days. And I went back to work after 10 weeks. And Nick was home with him for eight months. So he quit his job at that point And he was doing his master's degree. So he was doing school at night. And he was with Nixon during the day. Luckily, we didn't have to do daycare or whatever. Well, you know, as time went on, it got harder with like, Nixon had early intervention, which is during daytime hours, you know, balancing all of that. Then he started speech and OT and he had PT at one point. And so like running my own practice just wasn't working. It was too challenging. So then I went to work for the government. I was still practicing doing litigation. We had Nora, the pressure of that with a new baby and a kiddo with developmental delays and services and court and all of that was a lot of pressure but I I stayed it with that office for four years and then had an opportunity come to do what I'm doing now which is basically like advising on cases instead of actually carrying a caseload of um, clients which has been really pared back compared to what I was doing before I carried um like over 100 clients uh when I was practicing. So anyway, the moral of the story is that (laughs) it's taken time to like pare back my career and it's been challenging every step of the way. It has created feelings of 
I know this isn't true, but I felt like a failure because I've had, I haven't been able to do everything. I've um, been sad that I invested so much time to get my bar license and become an attorney. And then I basically don't have the capability to practice the way that I want to practice and be in the courtroom and all that stuff. So both kids have speech and OT. They go to a full-time program. Nixon will be starting school in August. That schedule has changed and modified over time, depending on if it was in home or out of home or, or whatever. We had problems with daycares, you know, not being a good fit for daycares for both of my kids. We had conversations with daycares about that, which was really challenging because then where do you send your kids when they can't go to a daycare before they're diagnosed? You can't get the services. We do a lot of tag team parenting on and off, maneuvering time in order to get a break and to do work. And we both work full time. So it's, it's highly, highly, highly challenging and we'll continue to modify. I mean, that's just what it boils down to. Like the more needs of our kids, the rest of the life, our life has to pare down because that's the number one most important thing. And if I have to step away from my career or if I have to pare down my work, that's what's going to have to happen because there's only so much room to bend your life Mm -hmm. and fit things into time. And someone has to sacrifice. That's just what it boils down to. Whether you're parenting by yourself, whether you have two two parents. um, I mean, we have two kids with two sets of services and needs and just balancing the household is highly complicated. And I think that one person ends up bending maybe more than the other because of the flexibility or the want or the money or, you know, whoever can make the most money or whatever it balances out to be. So I have no doubt that um, we'll continue. Things are going to change. They're on the horizon. So, I mean, we can only do what we can do um, in the time that we're given. And the options that we have, like, obviously we can't do speech and OT at 6 PM at night. So (laughs) yeah, you know, like it has to be during daytime hours and, you know, school ends at two 30 for regular kids. It's I, I always, you know, like you have to have aftercare and if your kids can't go to regular aftercare, who's going to be picking up the kids because they can't go to aftercare or, you know, a day, day program or whatever. So Natalie, if you were in this struggle, I feel your pain. The main thing that I'm really trying to resolve myself of is that the most important choices is to make it work for my kids to where I can be present and not completely exhausted as a human being. And if my career suffers because of that, that's what it needs to be, you know, and I don't necessarily think it's suffered. I've had a very successful career as an attorney. I just think that, um, I have modified my expectations of what I thought my career was going to be when I entered into law school and what kind of movement and powerful change I would make for my clients. You know, that's that. <laughs> it's, it's hard. All, it's super hard, Natalie. It's hard. <laughs> And I think like over for all of us, I mean, I've talked about it a million times, but like, I never really started a career because I decided to have kids first. And now that's, you know, having a child on the spectrum has really altered my future with that. Or even like the idea of I was going to have like something part-time or this or that. And it just does not work with the schedule for us where, you know, it's at first it's like, oh, daycare is so expensive. And then it comes, oh, like a daycare 
probably wouldn't even take my kid. And so it's just like the sacrifice of like, we've just decided to be poor <laughs> for the first few years, like why my <laughs> yeah. husband works and I'm not able to work. We're paying for therapies. We're doing that. Luckily we have like a lot of like family support. We've made sacrifices and that's okay. Like around this time. And I think for all of us, especially in the first years, your kids are young and you kind of just have to hustle through that first little while. But even like now that my typical daughters in preschool and stuff, I'm like, how do people do this? Like have their kid half day at school and then work because it's very rare now that people, that everyone doesn't have to work in the household. Like, so it's kind of like, how do people do this in general? But then having a special needs kid on top of that, where it's like not just limited to until they get to 12 or until they get so old that they can go home. Like our kids are never going to just be able to be home by themselves. Like it's, that's not how it works. Definitely not only changes your idea of what you thought your child's life was going to be like when you get that diagnosis it's not just kind of the grief of that it's the grief of your life and the ideas for, and the plans for yourself changing too what about you jen i know you've had to make a lot of changes with kaya uh yeah i scaled back all my travel so i i don't travel uh, anymore i haven't traveled in quite a few years and i've always said i'm very fortunate for the gentleman that i work for because you need a lot of flexibility with autism <laughs> And even before I worked from home, I worked from home. I mean, it just, there was a lot of stuff. So prior to children, a child, you know, I was at the office from, you know, 8 a.m. till six or seven at night. And I, I traveled all the time and all over the place. So yeah, but like Tabitha said, I mean, you know, do what you have to do, make it work. It's most important. So I'm very fortunate for my employer. What about you, Rachie? I know that I've covered the, how we've adjusted our sales. I feel like I'm here, but to sum it up, I, my job never really went back to full-time for very long. It's like we were adjusting our sales out of the gate and it kind of seemed like at the point that we were in it, it felt like Seely was sick a lot. And now I can see that not as sickness, like crying tied to a tooth or a problem, but really probably she was struggling with meltdowns. She was processing things different. She was like burnt out and fried from the first couple of days of daycare all the time. She's never made it really five that long. Anyway, like we've done a lot of, to adjust our sales in terms of schedule. Right now we're sort of in this phase of whatever this summer has become. And then what school will be and what services will look like when it's established. So I can't really say, but I, I do identify with some fluid paths that these ladies are talking about because we've never been able to offer her consistency. Like it's one of our deepest struggles. It's just like something's always fixing a change. So hopefully in a Planetville Cottage Grove chapter, we can get our ducks in a row. Well, that's also that thing too, where you want that consistency and you want like mm -hmm. just today, my son went back in center at his therapy center. He yeah. had been doing in home and we were like going through all the different therapists he's had just within that center, because it's not like we can control the fact of like therapists being inconsistent yeah. or there a high turnover rate, you know, like, so even when we're like trying to schedule our lives, we have to be flexible no matter what, because even when we think we're in a dependable situation, which Rach has thought uh, several times, yeah, it turns out to not be dependable. And then if, you know, if I have some sort, if I had a job at that point that I had, oh, I got to go because all of a sudden my kid is going to be home. I sort of just feel like I would have, if I had been 
in a position where we had to adjust our sales even more, I would have been on FMLA like for four weeks, every three weeks, figure that out. That's like clonidine dosing in Planaville. I'm just saying it's not quite right. Like we never get on track before it just is a bust. And there just always has to be like a towel. Sorry. Like there always, someone has to bend a parent, somebody has to be like, and I think that those conversations are so challenging in a relationship. I mean, it is sucky to say how I can't do this or, you know, one person takes on more of the therapy, even though both parties are working and the shuffling around and the picking up and the calls about early pickups because of staffing or whatever the case may be. It is some of the most challenging conversations when you have to like look at the person that you're with and be like, I cannot do this. There's no way that I could go another week of doing this. Um, yeah. It's yeah. too hard. It's th- no human being could do this. <laughs> you know, it's just impossible that there's no more bend. We're at the max, you know. I do feel it's interesting, you know, the view from the outside, and maybe mine would have been that too, is that like choices are made. Yeah. A choice was made. Rachel decided to give up her jobs and do like this thing. Oh, this was a reaction. You're like, oh, the place is closed. Oh my God. We can't catch up. Like, it's like, there's no, it's, I can't do this anymore. You can't. Yeah. Kimmy, what about you? You're all grown. Kimmy. Can I just pause podcast life for just one hot second to say that Kimmy's baby just passed the graduation stage and like, yeah, she's brought Kimmy down. (laughs) Kimmy's just a miracle. She's mommed so hard that they're growing. She literally raised four children, people. Yeah. Gold star. (laughs) Gold star. Okay. Sorry, Kim. What about you, Kim? Um, So, I mean. I feel like it goes at different phases, like for us. So like the first thing was I was in school. My plan was to transfer out of community college and go for my bachelor's. And I was going to, I wanted to be a teacher, but when autism entered that just, I mean, there was nowhere for her to go. There was no daycares that could take her. Um, there was no ABA centers. Like there was nothing like that. So I didn't have the I guess it was a choice, but it really wasn't a choice because somebody had to be with her. And obviously that person was going to be me because I didn't work and Neil worked. So that was kind of like our first kind of shift, I guess. Um, And that was difficult for a few years because in order for me to be able to stay home with her and then, you know, I had a son who was three years older than her, Neil had to work a lot. So he would work two jobs. So a lot of times he didn't get home until like 11 o'clock at night, a couple nights a week. And then he would also do side work on the weekends and sometimes work after work when he wasn't working the other job. So he just wasn't around a lot because he had to make up for me not having an income. And we had just bought a house the, the year before. So and that was hard. That was hard because a lot of it was put on me, just the physical and mental part of caring for the kids all the time and not really having someone around to help. I did have my mother-in-law. She did sometimes come and help me. So that was good. But um you know, it definitely does put like a strain. And then when he was here, he was exhausted. So it was like 
obviously he did help, but it, it's still, he's working three jobs. He can only expect so much. So um, and we did that grind for many years. And then I went to working part-time while the, you know, when Alyssa did go to school, you know, and, but I worked like 8.30 to 1.30 and then I would be home. And then when we had Kira and then had Lexi, I was like, you're not working a second job. Like this is, <laughs> like, you know, we can't do that. I am here four to one. Like, we don't know. care if this one eats. We don't <laughs> care if this one has clothes. We will live on ramen if we need to, because <laughs> I need you here to help. So then he did end up leaving that that job and was around a little bit more. And then he started doing things like when I was very pregnant with Alexi, he started picking up the food shopping. I kind of never took it back. I was like, well, <laughs> you're doing you a good job. You're <laughs> you're I mean, I couldn't do it with a newborn and three other kids. Like it would just, no it just way. wasn't, there was no way. No. So he kind of. This no, is before shift people. And now I still don't want it back. And even though my, even though Lex is 18, I send her sometimes now. I hate going to the store. I had my fill of going to the store for so many years. So yeah, we just did, you know, a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know, unfortunately with the way it is for us is a lot of the stuff did fall on me as far as like taking her to therapies, having working with people in the house. But I mean, logistically and logically there was really no other way to to do it there wasn't there was nothing school only lasts so long so even though even when she was in school she was out by two so we just kind of we just made it work the best that we could and then as they got older and my younger kids got older and you know they were very involved in a lot of activities so when I finally was able to go back to work because my when my son was in high school he would watch Alyssa after school so she would get home by van she'd be transported home and then he'd watch it like three to six and then I would run around with the other kids and then Neil would come home make dinner do all that stuff while I ran back and forth driving the kids you know and that's like a bouncing act too because now you're like barely even seeing each other I mean we're having dinner at like 9 30 because that's <laughs> what time 10 o'clock and not necessarily that wasn't necessarily because of Alyssa at that point by this time she's kind of had calmed and didn't require so much um hands-on care so it's just a lot of like you just I feel like you just figure out what works for your family and then you just have to do with it like it did suck sometimes not having him around like you know like he you know missed out sometimes on even just being here to see stuff it's just a sacrifice that he made so I could be here with the kids I think everything has its pros and cons I mean yeah you know, and, and working do like was good because I feel like that really helped me mentally. But like, it also was just, it just makes you so busy. You go from work to home to kids to, you know, you know, you got to really um, make time to fit in a conversation sometimes, you know, or we, you know, try to go out to breakfast when we can, you know, just get that hour and a half away from the house just to be by ourselves when nobody else is around and we did a very impulsive vacation to Miami we just like got plane tickets and like figured out hotels when we got there but it was like the best thing we ever did for our marriage the best thing because I I think we just were able to really reconnect as like just two people not as parents it was one of those things that just weren't possible for us and it wasn't necessarily possible at the time we just I literally just bought a plane tickets for his birthday and I was like, oh, we're we're going on a trip. (laughs) I feel like you just kind of got to do what works and it's not always, like Jamie said, it's not always what you like thought you'd be doing. You know, I didn't think I'd be 
working at a daycare. I didn't think I'd be running a daycare. It works. It gives flexibility to be there to pick people up and drive people when I need to. Like if there's something, a reason that I have to be home for Alyssa, I'm five minutes away. I can do, for the most part, I can do it. It works. It's not like the most fulfilling career that you could ever have, but I like kids and I like the people I work with and stuff like that. I like my job, but it's not necessarily the job I would have probably chosen. Well, that's one thing I I was going to say is that like, we don't get information after the diagnosis and no one tells you that you're going to have to make 400 phone calls to insurance, to providers, to scheduling people. You're going to have to figure out how to make a one o'clock speech appointment work because that's the only available slot unless you want to wait four months to get your child into speech therapy. The logistics in itself is a full-time job. It just is the paperwork, the scheduling the managing on top of that making sure your kids aren't doing too much or too little you know giving them the best resources that you can and then the challenges of there not being inclusive daycares or child care providers that aren't a therapy center is like I think one of the biggest disservices to our community as a whole because it is literally impossible almost to find a child care center that will take kids with behaviors or additional needs or who are not even, I mean, we ran up against challenges just from potty training itself at a certain age, you know, they won't take kids who aren't potty trained past two or yeah. whatever the case may be. No one tells you these type of things or gives you any kind of guide on how to balance all of that stuff. And then the pressure from work on top of that and the pressure from your marriage, it is so much to balance in a week sometimes and you know finding those breaks or whatever the other thing I wanted to say is that like your schedule could depend on the type of support that you have outside of therapists and schools and whatever like for us we literally have zero family in Arizona so it is four hands on deck for parenting or you know we've gotten support from some of our friends in the past which has been amazing but as far as family goes, we don't have that extra resource to kind of add into our schedule of pickup or drop-offs even, you know, so I think that makes a difference too. I was thinking about this recently too, with a lot of friends who I have that are in full-time jobs and their kids are in daycare after school and they just kind of come home, you know, thing. There is like as exhausting as this life is and how much you have to know and learn, the beat of my son's heart, like that I understand of him is like way more than I probably would have. I probably would have been that mom. Like, yeah, of course, like I love my children to death. I would love them no matter what, but like, I would have been like, okay, we got to get up and go to school. Then we got to do this. And then we're going to bed. And then just like going through that every day of my life. But now, like I talk to my son's teacher pretty much daily. I know everything about like everything my son does at therapy and everything he does here. And I don't know if I would have I mean, maybe been in that place if my, both my children were typical and they had that like, so there's also like this beauty in it where like, yeah, we are our children's lifeline in a way. Like we have to manage all that because the world is not set up for our kids. So we have to like fit in and like, can you saying like make whatever work work, but there's also this beauty to it that we're like, are that for our kids. And it's like kind of amazing that we get to be like our kids' parents and do that for them. And obviously like all five of us try really hard and I think like oh I'm starting to cry like you guys are all really great moms and I think it's really cool that like you've done so much and 
I was also going to say for Jen, she needs that partner to bend. So if anyone wants to apply to be yeah and I think there's just so much give and take in this life with everything you know I have Alyssa in this dance class which is amazing I honestly never thought she'd be able to do it five years ago no there's no way I would have thought that would have been possible but still sometimes it's like getting her out of the house getting her to change her clothes like it's such a struggle to get her there she likes it when we're there and then there's days that I'm just lazy and I'm like, I'm not, I can't even deal with all this. Like, we're just going to skip it. And then I feel <laughs> bad because then I'm like, I should have taken a wedding. I take it. Like, but it's just, there's so much give and take. Like, that's just an example. There's so much give and take with everything that we do. It's a balancing act of trying to like provide everything we can for our children, you know, give them all these opportunities, give, give ourselves some type of, I'm not going to say self-care because, you know, that's just taking a little too far. <laughs> sometimes you just need a break you know yeah. just like uh Alyssa's not doing speech and I kind of feel crummy about it but like at the same time I'm I don't because it's like so much pressure it's like if we didn't make it there like they just don't understand it's like some days just getting her to like fall through like going somewhere is yeah. such a fight it's like it's, it's just so much it's, and they don't see that they just see it's like oh they could have filled that spot which like like I know that stinks for them but it's like you know I got my kid throwing things breaking things hurting herself because like she doesn't want to get on the computer to do a virtual thing oh I love when we have to cancel something <laughs> I mean I do feel that guilt like and that's the thing with this life it's the outside yeah. pressures of like the and I do too. and all those people but then it's like because you feel like they're judging you and they think they know what's best and you're not doing what they think. But as a parent, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so nice. Like the other day was one of the first days of summer for us. And my son sat around, we wrestled, we played outside. He played video games half the day. And I was talking to our friend Bree. I was like, I kind of feel guilty because he's watched so much TV today, but I'm like, man, I feel so happy that my kid gets to have like typical kid summer day where he's just doing nothing and watching TV. I'm like, I don't know. It feels so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and not to have to like rush anywhere. And people oh. don't understand. Like if you saw me trying to wrangle my two children in opposite directions into the therapy center in a parking lot, it is absolutely ridiculous. I'm like, like a cart. I'm freaking sweating. Like one's picking up rocks. The other one's staring at the tree. We're trying to stay away from the cars. It's like just completely. Joe. Every time. Every time. Just ignore. Walk around. Walk around. We should have called the podcast Welcome to the Show. Literally. All right. Well, I think that we'll wrap up this first part of our QA and we'll be back next week with more. Thank you to everyone for listening to us. If you have any questions for us, always send them in and we will always. We'll do Q&As every so often. Thanks, everyone. Have a great Monday. Thank you, everyone. Happy Monday. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at the table for part one of this Q&A. If you are enjoying the podcast, make sure you are subscribed and rate and review us. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to send us a question or contact us, please do so at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. Make sure to join us next week for part two. See you there. Bye.